Welcome to Sports and Songs with your hosts, Dan and Andy. As you know, Dan is out on assignment this week. You could hear his episodes of the wrestling recap of the New Prague versus Scott West match from Thursday. He left me in charge this week in the studios. He gave me keys to the control room, so let's see what happens. Today, we're going to have a special episode. We'll still do some songs at the end, but for the sports part, we're going to concentrate on professional wrestling. Next, you're going to hear my interview with former professional wrestler Jason Inc. We're going to talk about the state of wrestling today, some stuff from the past, and just kind of get you up to date on his views of wrestling. We kind of want to make this a quarterly segment, so afterwards we'd love to see your reviews in the comments below or on the Facebook page. All right, here we are inside the tattoo parlor with professional, former professional wrestler Jason Inc. How we doing, Inc. Man? How's it going today? Beautiful. <clears throat> I say former professional wrestler. I suppose it's like anything else. You, you're just not active anymore. I suppose is a better word. Nah, not lately. You know, it's, it's been five years since I've been in the ring. Uh, you know, I had some unfortunate uh, health issues that had came up. You know, that kind of had kind of set me back you know i i hope one day you know at some point in time with god's grace you know that you know he allows me to get back in the ring even if it's one more time um don't know when that'll be but i'll keep you guys up to post with you know when i'm getting back in the ring and where and even in a managerial role maybe yeah manager manager role you know backstage role you know like whatever you know i can i can get my hands into you know um there's a lot of local guys out here that need a lot of knowledge that you know don't know what they're doing uh they think they do but you know they're not up to par with the veterans and you know there's a lot of people out here that can benefit from my knowledge beautiful like we were talking about earlier uh in the pre-production meeting what about the state of wrestling today nowadays in my opinion, yeah, you got TNA, you got uh, NWA, you got WWE, you got AEW, uh, MWL out west or out east in the independents out there, ROH. To me, I like all of them. They're all something different. It's kind of like they're all on TV different times. It's kind of going to the buffet. Sometimes you want the potatoes. Sometimes you want the chicken. It only depends what you're in the mood for. Do you, do you see one being way ahead of the other as being better or are they all kind of about the same talent-wise? Um, you know, at, at this day and age, I think, you know, that the product that WWE is putting out is a lot different than what it was, say, you know, five, six years ago, you know, or, you know, even, you know, 10 years ago, um, you know, but again, I, it's like you said, it's in what you, what your taste of ice cream is, you know, if you like more promos and more entertainment, I mean, WWE is going to be where it's at. If you're more of an old school worker or, you know, a fan and you like your, your old school wrestling NWA and AEW is going to be to me is going to be your, your product. It's more wrestling. They focus more on building the character of the guy and the feud than they do sitting there in the ring for 45 minutes, rambling on about absolutely nothing. You know, you say old school wrestling, AEW is kind of the answer for old school wrestling. I agree with that, but also some people like a Jim Cornette say they got too much of that flippity flop stuff in there, which I that's why I kind of like about AEW. It's a little of both. It's some of the new age wrestling, some of the old wrestling. Um, it's well, you know, in 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 response to that, I mean, 
you know, yes and no. I mean, you know, it's it, it depends on what veteran you talk to. I mean, you got guys over there now, like, you know, for example, you've got Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, you know, that are guiding or, you know, they're necess- not necessarily guiding, but they're 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 teaching guys like, you know, uh <clears throat> Sean Spears and, you know, you got guys that, you know, not saying that he doesn't know what he's doing, but you got somebody like Arn Anderson guiding the career of like say a Cody Rhodes. You know, which is who is very intelligent as obvious. I mean, you know, with what he's doing with all elite. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, it's all in what your taste of wrestling is. Um, to me, old school wrestling is focusing on building the feud up, getting the fans into the feud, you know, not and not sitting there and wasting talent. Telling the story. It's telling the story. It's, you know, giving the people a, a product and giving them something to get excited about. I mean, you know, to me, WWE just doesn't, they don't cut it when it comes to that anymore. Although WWE, their thing back in the 80s, they always said they, they geared it more to the kids. So all, all the wrestlers had character names. Then they kind of got away with it, the Attitude Era. They went a total opposite page. They kind of are going back to that for the kids era. And that all started about 12 years ago when Linda McMahon started running for political office. Said to cut the, cut the blade jobs on TV all the time, cut the language down, get rid of the TNA, if you will. They're kind of trying to push back to that. Is that because the old product was getting stale? Or do you think they saw ratings dipping and they're going to back to what was getting ratings before my honest opinion with, with that whole, with, with what you're asking is my honest opinion is I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think they have the right writers I think that, you know, one week they're, they're, they're advertising to the, the adult, uh, audience, the following, you know, then the next week they're coming back on and they're, 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 you know, they're giving the kids something. I don't think they know what direction they want to go. I think part of them, it wants to step on some feet and, you know, go back to that attitude era, back to that raw, attitude you know take it to the top you know let's you know do what we got to do to get there but then i think a lot of it but then but then you know you mentioned like you mentioned like with linda mcmahon but then they go back to that you know you know not not doing nothing you know you i watched raw monday night and you know the best match off the card was buddy murphy versus alistair black you know, you can't you can't advertise the Super Bowl, and then you know when the time comes around, you you got guys playing flag football, right? And speaking of the WWE, they got now. This is me being, we're recording this on Friday before SmackDown, so anything we say that might happen tonight, we apologize if we mess something up on that. Royal Rumble's coming up. Thirty entrants for the men. You know there's going to be four or five guys that are the quote-unquote legends that will be coming in and out. I read today Santino Morale is going to come back for it. So there's five seconds wasted. Some of the veterans come back out. They do their bit. You got some undercard guys or mid-card guys you know they don't have a chance. Really, out of the 30 guys, there's really five or six that really have a shot of winning. Brock Lesnar starting at one. Is he going to run through the field? Is it going to be a... He goes to the very end and gets eliminated at the end because, as we know, the winner of the Royal Rumble gets the shot at the belt. Say he gets eliminated in the middle. Is it the guy who threw him out that gets a shot at the belt or the guy who wins it? Is that how you get a three-way match to get the belt off Lesnar without him losing? 
you know, my thoughts on Lesnar are, you know, are that, you know, he, <clears throat> you know, WWE, you know, has shown, you know, over the, you know, over the last, whatever, two, three years, you know, that Lesnar is the golden child of the, of the promotion that he's Vince's modern day Hogan, you know, whatever he wants, he pretty much gets. Um, there's a lot of great young talent in there. I mean, you got to throw, you know, my, my first pick, you know, to throw out there to put the belt around, you know, I mean, you know, and to win the Royal Rumble and go on to beat Lesnar, you got, you got to throw Drew McIntyre out there. Here's a guy that, you know, he was with the WWE. They brought him in. He was supposed to be Vince's golden child. They were going to make him the champion. And then for whatever reason, they dropped the ball. And then he left, he went to TNA, did his thing over there, rebuilt his character, he come back, he looks phenomenal. And what do they do again? Again, they throw him back in the mid-card, and, you know, you gotta, you gotta question Vince's state of mind. You know, what is he really thinking? You have young talent there that deserves to go over, but you're not pushing the younger talent. You're living, as, as Bret Hart and people have said in the past, He's living off of the dinosaurs. He's living off of the Hogan's. He's living off, you know, I love Edge and I want to see Edge come back. But, you know, bringing guys like Edge and Hogan and, you know, whoever, you know, people like that, the list goes on and on. That's not that's not doing nothing to push the younger guys. That's not putting the, the younger guys in the spotlight. All that's doing is showing the fans that you're trying to go back and relive what was what was back in the 90s. Lesnar, to me, you know, I think if Lesnar wins, they're the W. If if they put Lesnar over and Lesnar wins, they're going to disappoint a lot of fans. You're going to have a lot of talk. There's going to be there'll be a lot of uh, real interesting conversations for a better for a better term on you know on Facebook, they're in social media, and I think you're gonna you're gonna disappoint a lot of people. And I think that they are to try to use Lesnar to push some of the younger talent. But I guess we'll have to just wait and see. You know, AEW just had their Jericho Cruise, their one-year anniversary. You know, they had their matches on the Jericho Cruise. It's kind of a, not really a pay-per-view, but kind of a, a special show. They had their first title change on that one, where they gave the belts to Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I kind of like the move, showing Omega as a tag team wrestler, not a singles all the time, kind of moving their characters around. I really like what AEW, AEW is doing. You know, but when they first started... And they signed Jericho, and he goes, I don't need the money, I don't need the belts. Yet, he's their first champion, and he's on every show, and he's showing the whole glorious life with the money. Now, yeah, I know what's a storyline and everything else, but do you think it was right or wrong for them to start with Jericho as the champ for the first champ? Uh, you know, personally for me, I mean, I think that... I think it was. I think it was a right move, I, and the reason I say that it, I, I, the reason I say that it was it, that it was a right move is because of the fact Jericho has always been 
one of them guys that he he has no problem with putting the younger talent over. He has no problem with putting the younger guys over. And when the time comes, whenever the time would come that they would say, hey, we need you to drop the belt to, you know, so-and-so, he didn't have a problem with dropping the title. He didn't have a problem with doing the job. He didn't have a problem with, you know, working with the guy. And whoever he got in the ring with, he sits he sits there and he makes he he makes look like a million dollars and i think that you know they did it as a start you know to have you know a big name have the belt but i think that, that but i think in the same form i think that they did it because that way when the guy whoever whoever they do give the belt to when the time comes you know, for example, like Moxley's in the run right now. So if Moxley, they're in Moxley's hometown, you know, next week. Okay, so if they give the belt to Moxley, you know, it's going to be like, oh, my God, he beat Chris Jericho. Not like, well, oh, my God, he beat Joe Schmo. Right. You know, he 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 beat a top-of-the-line guy. And I don't know how many people how many people tuned in to um, All Elite this week, but I know they said that, you know, made mention of Jericho being, you know, uh, at the top of his game and that he's, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's basically, they, they didn't say this, but in my words, he's basically the modern day Ric Flair of all elite wrestling, because when the time comes that he needs to drop the belt, he's going to do the job. Well, you gotta say, I mean, you know, Jericho's going to do the job. You look at, was it 20 years ago? He was doing Royal Rumbles, and when he was running his bit in WWE, he was losing to China. So if he's willing to do that, and now look, at he's the world champion here, you know he's a team player. I think that's why they respect Jericho and gave him the belt, because they know he's going to be that way. And, you know, you like you may, you know, you had just asked everybody, you know, Andy, you know, like, you know, well, Jericho, you know, about, you know, you know, you know, it's an act and, you know, you know, it looks like, you know, Jericho, you know, is, you know, about the money. Jer- I don't think Jericho cares about the money anymore. I mean, his character is about the money. Yeah, saying. his yeah. character is about the money, and I think, but I think this is a side of I think this character that Jer the, the, the side this side of Jericho that you're seeing. I think this is a side that nobody's ever really got to see the full throttle heel out of Jericho. Anytime you've ever seen Jericho in WWE, he's always been fine lined. He was, you know, people either loved him or they hated him. When he was in WCW, he was kind of that you know, like he is now in all elite wrestling where he was willing to lay it all on the line, you know, just put it out there, you know, to get whoever over, I think, but money wise, Jericho don't care about that. Jericho, you know, Jericho set, you know, and you know, a lot of people I know have made mention about, you know, well, will Jericho ever go back to the WWE? Will he ever be inducted into hall of fame? Yeah. I think one day he'll go, he'll go and he'll be inducted into the hall of fame, but you know, I don't think that he needs to go back to the WWE in order to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right. And, you know, Jericho, getting you know, behind the curtain, you know he's going to have to drop the belt pretty soon. He's got Fozzie. Fozzie's coming on tour this summer. We know that they're going to be here in the cities coming up. So he's going to have to drop the belt for some of those because he's not Superman. He can't pull both off. So Because they show him every week. He's not like a Brock Lesnar champion who shows up three times a year. AEW has their champion wrestling all the time. So Lesnar, I'm sorry, excuse me. When Jericho drops the belt, you know it's going to be tour time. 
Well, I know he's got, you know, I know I've recently I've seen where he's got tour dates lined up, you know, coming up pretty soon, you know, so more than likely, you know, he, you know, he's going to drop the belt, like you said, drop the belt to Moxley. Um, and you know, probably like you said that that'll be, you know, that'll be their way of taking him out of the picture, you know, because he, he'll be on tour, you know, but again, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's about the money anymore for Jericho. I think it's about, you know, he's just there to put the guys over, help them do whatever they need to do. If he's a champion, he's a champion. If he's not, he's not. I mean, let's face it, whether he's got a belt or not, Jericho doesn't need a title or a gimmick to get over. Jericho is Chris Jericho, and he gets over just by walking in the door. To me, again, say what you want to say. You know, maybe this is maybe this is taken away from this person, but he is today's version of Ric Flair. He walks through a door, and he gets an instant reaction. Well, now, you look at that. It's got to say a lot about the state of Minnesota wrestling. Ric Flair, Minnesota guy. Chris Jericho's from Winnipeg, marries a Minnesota girl. Exactly. I think we're doing something right here in Minnesota with pro wrestling. We got to get the AWA back here and get some good wrestling here. We know what it's all about. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's, I think that's the, I think that's the thing is, you know, again, it all goes back to what kind of product you like, but I think that's the thing is we need to make wrestling fun. You hit it on a nail, you know, let's face it before all elite stepped into the picture and all elite became a part of <clears throat> A, a, a part of the a part of the deal, WWE was the biggest brand on television. Yeah, you got your Ring of Honor, you got your TNA. You know, you know now NWA is a major a major part of the 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 circle. You know, but not a lot of people were were really enjoying wrestling because you got the same product every week with WWE. All Elite, NWA. You know, let's face it, even Ring of Honor, you don't know what you're going to get unless either A, you go to the show or you're watching it on television. Okay, you have Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. He owns uh, NWA Power. You got Tony Khan, who owns AEW. Both fans of the sport first, but they run it as a business. Vince McMahon, I think, makes it business first, fans second. Do you agree? No, I don't. No, I don't agree with Vince doing it, you know, business first, fans second. I think it's all about, you know, the promoter, you know, listening to what the fans want, you know, and pretty much giving them what they want. And I think that makes a difference with, like, you made mention of Tony Khan, you know, and, and you know, other other promoters that are fans. And I think that's important. And I think that's, again, why, you know, indie promotions are so successful because they listen to what the fans want. They hear the reaction of the fans, you know, and they they walk around and they talk to the fans. Hey, you know, what do you want to see happen? What kind of... You know, and I think that's what makes makes the show. You know, I think Vince is kind of, you know, as he's gotten older, you know, he's kind of gotten away of, you know, making it about the show and not so much about the business. Um, you know, he kind of made it, you know, apparent, you know, when he was on the Austin podcast a few years back that, you know, when Austin confronted him and said, you know, where's the pro wrestling? And Vince made the comment and said, 
these aren't pro wrestlers. And Austin said, well, when I got into the business, I was a pro wrestler. You know, yeah, you need your promos. You need this, you know, to build matches. But where the hell is the wrestling? Right, because that's where Vince changed it to entertainment. And excuse my language. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I get I don't it. know if that's appropriate there. Well, we'll figure that out. We'll later. just beep. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the dolphin noise like they do on up, up, down, down. Um, you because know, Vince changed it to entertainment to get around a lot of the, the taxing rules of sport and the sports commission stuff. He made it entertainment, sports entertainment. Um, but everybody else calls it wrestling because that's what they want to have. I think with what Vince is doing, you know, you always hear the stories going, oh, the fans saying, oh, Vince took my T-shirt away or he won't let me wear my uh, Young Bucks T-shirt to a WWE event or something like that. Yeah, you watch other ones. They know their fans. They, they know we watch other wrestling. We know there's, they know there's other wrestlings out there to watch. Do you think Vince is so blinders on that if you're not in WWE, you don't exist? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous that you can't wear an all elite t-shirt to, you know, to WWE. I mean, what, I mean, look, you go back and look years ago. Okay. I mean, you turn on WCW, you've seen a dozen people in the audience wearing a Degeneration X t-shirt. You turn to WWE pro or WWF program on and you saw 15 guys sitting front row with NWA or four horsemen t-shirts on, you know, and stuff like that. And nothing was said, you know, it's let, let, let's, let's face it. Okay. We're not walking in to go to court. This is pro wrestling. You know, it's about being a fan. It's about, you know, expressing who you, who you support, who you mark out for, who you love. Well, you look at that. Like, say you go to a, a, a twins game, twins and Indians are playing. I'm going to wear my Mets hat that they don't kick me out of the stadium for it. I mean, you know, I mean, again, and, you know, another point you can make is like, well, okay, let's go on record and say, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to start taking shots at the fans and, you know, holding it against the fans for wearing different t-shirts of whoever their favorite wrestlers are, well, then I guess we better start handing fines out to the wrestlers for posting pictures on Instagram and Facebook of, you know, Seth Rollins might be feuding with Rey Mysterio, but the next day you see him online, you know, he's got his arm around me. Hey, that's my buddy. Right. You know, let, hey, let's throw fines out for that because I mean, you know, that that's breaking kayfabe. Yep. That that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a bad guy or a heel with a baby face or a good guy. I mean, you know, you know, we can't, can't be having that, but the, you know, that that's the product that Vince wants to present. Yep. You, you talk about the, the whole kayfabe stuff. We all know these guys all get along. They all travel together. You hear the stories they travel together. I know I hear stories from back in the day, how they just, they couldn't, that you just didn't do that. Because every now and then you get the stories, the whole Iron Sheik Hacksaw Duggan story. They're feuding, but here they're traveling together. Someone sees it, blows it up. But they didn't have internet back then, so by the time it made the rounds, well, their feud was over. Exactly. Nowadays, you can't sneeze in a library going without someone posting on social media going, how rude of him to sneeze in the library and not say, pardon me, you know? Wrestlers today, though, have accepted social media with their own. That's how they get their character over. AEW with the Young Bucks being the elite uh, YouTube show, that basically got all elite wrestling started. That got them over more than anything ROH could have done for them. I almost think more people watched their YouTube channel than watched ROH for a while. And I mean, you know, it's, it's great. Again, it's great to have social media. It's great. You know, I mean, I use social media when I wrestle professionally, you know, like you said, a lot of guys use it to get themselves over, take bookings, you know, communicate with different guys that wrestle in other promotions, you know, and stuff like that because they're traveling overseas, whatever. And that's great. I'm not, I'm not against that. But when, you know, you got 
somebody like Vince throwing cheap shots out there, you know, wanting to throw fans out of the building because they're wearing a four horseman shirt and they're not wearing a shield t-shirt or they're not, you know, a guy's got a Chris Jericho shirt on, you know, instead of a Seth Rollins t-shirt, you know, I mean, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, it's pro wrestling. When you go to a local show and, you know, you got a John Cena t-shirt on, you know, you ain't got you ain't got the local promotion throwing you out because you know you're wearing a WWE shirt and you're not wearing one of the local boys shirts. I mean, it's pro wrestling and I think he's just trying to kill the whole the whole business. I mean, Al Snow said it years ago. He said it he said it best. He said when they asked him about social media, he said while it helped wrestling, he said it killed wrestling. He said, you know, he says, while it made, you know, made, made wrestling better and opened doors up for it, he said it, it killed it because it killed the magic. It killed, it killed the excitement. It killed the imagination. And that's the one thing for me personally, even, even as a fan, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a worker. I did it for 12 years, you know, but I'm still a fan at the end of the day. And for me as a fan, I'd rather go to a local show and, not know anybody on the show or not know nothing about their past and go to that show and be excited with surprises than I would to pay $50 to walk into a WWE show and know this and know the outcome of every match that they've got on the card because they advertised it on, on, on Facebook or they advertised it on social media. It kills, it kills the excitement. And it's the same show every night when they're on the house shows too. Raw, you get, you got a program like raw. I said it again. You know, I said to a friend the other night, I say it again. You got Monday night raw. You got SmackDown. You got NXT to me in today. As far as today goes, Monday night raw is the biggest disappointment that WWE advertises because it's the same guys over and over again, or you turn it on and it's three hours of absolutely nothing. Are you ready? You know, we mentioned the social media stuff, guys not sharing pictures with or without other people. Sometimes they get busted on it. And we refer to it as kayfabe. What is kayfabe? Kayfabe is making the person believe what you're advertising to them. I mean, in other words, if you're if you're a heel in the business, you know, and you're coming off like a jerk, and that's your and that's supposed to be your character, or your your persona. You want to do you want to do everything to make the person believe that's who you are. You don't want to be being a jerk on television, and then you know just because your grandmother's in the audience running down and breaking character and giving her a hug. Now, they used to say, for those who used to watch the old uh, NWA Saturday nights all the time, Nikita Koloff, another Minnesota guy, went to Moorhead State College, go Dragons. Um, 
His character, I've heard other guys say when they went to NWA to start wrestling, he would always be in that Russian character. Yep. He kept that all the time. Rick Flair did an interview I heard years ago. He goes, when Al Pacino goes out in the streets, he doesn't have to be the Godfather. He doesn't have to be his movie characters. He can be him. He goes, Rick Flair said, though, I always got to be Rick Flair. Yep. Um, you see some guys every now and then, Randy Orton said to do it at ringside a couple of times. There was a match once where uh, Shane McMahon went down hard. At WrestleMania, when he leaped crap, Orton rolled out to the ring to the kids and said, it's okay. He, he had a broke character. You've seen Triple H do that a couple of times. There's videos on YouTube of that. Are you okay with that? Or do you think that they have to be, no, I'm Johnny Hard Guy. I can't go consult the kids. No, Too bad. I mean, there, you know, honestly, I mean, there, there are exceptions. I mean, there are, let's, let's face it, you know, we're, we're all characters and, you know, we, we all have characters when we step in that ring. But our first responsibility when we get into that ring, you know, outside of entertaining our fans is to take care of each other and to, to make sure that we, you know, we're safe with one another and we, we protect each other. And I mean, you know, if, 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 if you're in a match and, you know, let's say Andy, you know, we're wrestling, you know, and you break your leg and you're like, you know, and I got you in a headlock. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to give me a cue, you know, that you're hurt, you know, or you're going to say something to the referee and the referee's going to pass it off to me. I mean, yeah, there's going to be times where a guy gets hurt, you know, and maybe it's to the point where he can't continue. Yeah. Then, you know, if you got a break character, you know, to make sure that that guy is okay, because it's, you know, because it's that serious of an injury. Yeah. That you, that one, the Sami Zayn, when we first went to WWE, his first match was Cena, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, was it Sami Zayn, a shoulder yeah, or something? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We had to give the signal, and you've seen other guys, all of a sudden the match ends real quick. You're like, okay, something went sideways. Right. Those of us who are, who are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Who are schooled in it. We're, we're smartened up is the word they use. In the well, I mean, we're smartened at, up on it. Well, you see that you know something went wrong when the match ends out of nowhere. Something happened. Well, I mean, let's let, let's go back a few years ago. Let's let, let's you know go back a few years ago and let's talk about you know like for example with the Undertaker when Undertaker was I believe he was wrestling uh, I believe it was uh, believe it was I believe it was triple I believe it was Shawn Michaels the, the first time him and Shawn Michaels wrestled and. He, they they had to they had to bring the uh the the, the uh the little uh like golf cart thing down to the ring to carry him out on because he couldn't walk back up walk back up the ramp. I mean, you know, he was in character then, but you could tell just by looking at him there was something wrong. You know, you could right. tell you know that yeah there there's exceptions where you break character, but you know WWE at the time they didn't. Maybe I'll all right, Ink. It's been a pleasure being here in the tattoo parlor. We'll do this, like I said, about every quarter or so. We'll talk about stuff. Uh, maybe we're not going to do like a, oh, the week before WrestleMania. We're not going to do that bit. You guys get enough other podcasts to hear all that stuff. We're just going to come out every now and then. Might not be a full episode like this. Might just be a little 10-minute bit. Ink, you got anything for the Ink population you want to get out there? Shout out? No, just, you know, guys, guys you know, just... Continue being fans. Do what you guys, you know, support who you want to support. You know, wear your T-shirts, you know, where you want to wear them. You know, it's all about being a pro wrestler. Pro, I mean, a pro wrestling fan, you know, and for people that, you know, want to um, become a pro wrestler, you know, I want to I, I want to send a uh, I want to send a shout out to MCW. You know, they're one of the best wrestling schools in Maryland. If you ever want to make it big, you know, that's where to go. Beautiful. You've seen our Facebook page, Sports and Songs. Um, leave messages there if you got questions for Ink for coming up in the future episodes. Questions that really anything, just put on there. 
Now, next, we're going to go through the songs part. For the songs por- portion of the show, we're going to give uh, some different opinions on theme songs, entrance music guys have used compared to, was that a real song? Like, okay, Triple H comes out to the game by Motorhead. That was an actually released song. Or was this a song that was just made up for an entrance? Or like, I believe it was the Edge. Some of his songs he used, they're from real bands, but it was like a song they didn't release off the album, so you don't, you haven't heard of it. You think it was, wow, WWE made that song. That's great. No, 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 no. Do your homework, boys and girls. All right, I'd like to thank Jason Inc. for inviting me into the tattoo parlor today for our special interview with him, special episode of Sports and Songs, talk about wrestling. Now for the songs part. Going to kind of keep on the same motion here. Kind of got top five from compilations from different sites, in my own opinion. Top five entrance songs they've used. There's... Up for debate. I want to see your answers if you're different. Um, Top five we have are, at number five, is the Kill Switch Engage, The Fire Burns. That was CM Punk's one before he went with Cult of Personality. He uh, did this when he was at the ECW brand in 2006 with him. Um, He used that one there. That's kind of... Some old school fans might remember that one. We... uh, See if you can remember this one. Kill Switch Engaged, CM Punk. That's that one right there. That was in at number five. Number four, probably my second favorite one of all time, uh, Alter Bridge. Uh, this is the one that, that uh, Rated R Superstar Edge used. And he used that one when he first made his move to uh, the main roster as a, as a heel, got away from the tag team scene a little bit there and came on his own. Edge used this song, and it's always kind of been a favorite of mine. I kind of like it too. I've always kind of dug that song. I, I was kind of getting into Alter Bridge about the same time, so it was kind of cool to see him using one of their songs. Like, hey, I know this song. It's kind of neat. This one, um, Undertakers. He did the American Badass with Kid Rock for a while, but then there's just the gong. I kind of like this one better than his American Badass gimmick. That because it was more taker. I didn't. I didn't really care for the badass character too much. Um, number two doesn't need any introduction. If you want to see a crowd pop, you you break that glass and out comes Stone Cold in his cut off jeans and his leather vest and his bald head and walking with two bad knees. But he'd still whip you like there's no tomorrow. Uh, number one was a. F- guy he was a big fan of this band um he had two versions of the song rumor has it he actually did some recording with them but uh the late great lemmy and motorhead with the game from triple h 
Now, that was a good song. Don't get me wrong, but I think the way Triple H made the entrance made the song. That's what was so cool about that one. But there's the top five, according to Revolver Magazine. Uh, if you had different top five, let us know. If not, you know, and it's one of those, like everybody says, hey, who's your Mount Rushmore of the four best wrestlers? You're going to have eight guys, you're going to get eight different answers. You're going to ask eight guys who their five best entrance songs are. You're going to get eight different answers, but it's always for a great debate when you're sitting around with the boys, having some cocktails, watching another bad episode of Raw or a good episode of AEW. Anyway, again, big big props and thank you to Jason Inc. for letting us into the tattoo parlor today. Dan will be back next week with our Super Bowl preview show and more of our regular format. If you guys do like special editions of the show like this, please let us know either on Facebook or on the comments below. Everybody, have a good weekend.